Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time, back with our Monday guest and somebody who has just an amazing playlist, Mr. Greg Dickerson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you. Hey, I don't know if you saw it over the weekend or not. I think it actually came out Friday morning. It might have been Saturday morning. I forget. Anyways, Grant Cardone put out a really short video uh, about, you know, hey, guys, the recession is here. It is bad. I think he was walking around Malibu and looking at nobody in the stores and the like. And the reason I want to talk about this with you is we have been very clear with folks. There are good times and there are bad times. We're leaving a good time and entering a bad time. It is not something to be scared about. It is something to see, appreciate, prepare for, but also kind of like Grant was saying, get excited because this is when assets go on sale. So is it fair to say, Greg, that you think a recession is either here or coming and that we're leaving a good time, entering a bad time, and again, that people should be excited? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're definitely in one already. Um, you know, again, that's just defined as negative growth for two consecutive quarters. We already had one. Mm-hmm. We're probably working on the second. And, you know, the degree of that decline is, we'll just have to wait and see how that unfolds. But, yeah. you know, you're starting to see the signs. You're seeing consumers pull back because of inflation. You're seeing companies start to lay off, but there's other companies hiring. Uh, you're seeing people leave the workforce. So that's kind of skewing things. So this recessionary environment's very different than anything we've ever experienced in the past. This is largely a Fed-driven, inflation-driven recession. So that's kind of where we're at. So it's a very different environment. Yeah, there will be opportunities just like there always are in every recessionary environment. Yeah. And again, people need to hear this, right? It's it's recessions are where real, I don't know, it's where you make your best deals right? You find that motivated seller because you took your shot and you got a deal, right? There are just some people uh, that in a recession, they need to raise cash or they, they're like, they're near the end, they're done. They want to go do something else. Uh, and and just, when I say assets, it doesn't have to be housing, right? I'm obviously a real estate investor, but it could be stocks. It could be crypto. It could be businesses, right? There will be deals all over. I think this recession uh, will be 18 months to two years in duration. So the average, so just people know, is 17 and a half months. I think this one will be on the longer end because w- the Fed's just started to tighten. We haven't even really drained liquidity yet. So uh, yeah, and the markets haven't even, you know, haven't even, they're not even close to bottoming yet. And exactly. that's what excites me. So I've, this is my third one. You know, 2008, nine was the big one. Then March of 2020 was another big one. This is another one. And these are where you make big moves, you know, yes. and you ride that wave back up again. So there's a huge opportunity coming in stocks and crypto. You have to be careful because not all of them will bounce. Not all of them will rebound. You got to remember, you know, a lot of the cryptos are going to just become obsolete. A lot of them are scams. A lot of them are just, you know, people call them Ponzi's and really what it is, a pyramid. It just takes more money to keep propping it up. So it takes new money, you know, to, to increase the price. And then eventually you run out of investors and the thing collapses. So that's what a pyramid is. Ponzi's, you know, taking money from one investor to pay another. 
crypto is not really a Ponzi, although there's a couple that are borderline on that <laughs> with these algorithmic stable coins that are out there right now and using that you know, printing coins to buy Bitcoin and stuff like that. Anyways, that's a whole nother topic. And, you know, Bitcoin's a store of value, but some of the altcoins will go away. Bitcoin will not go away. It will not go to zero, but it, it'll go down. And we've seen where those bottoms are. It's around 4,000 bucks in the worst case scenario that it's that it has dropped to. So if all, if everything just, you know, tanks and we get a huge market crash, that's probably where Bitcoin will bottom. And that's where it bottomed last time in March of 2020. It's where it bottomed in 2018 before that at the bottom of the bear market. And you can see where the markets bottomed before the Fed intervened. So here's your signal of the day. How do you know when to get in the market? How do you know when to get out of the market? Listen to the Fed. They tell you. They, tell, they told us when to get out. They did. Back in December when they said we're going to tighten. Yep. And they you know, will tell us when to get back in when they say we're going to loosen. So yeah. That's all exactly. you got to do. Yeah. It's, it is. So again, it's funny. This is really my fourth bear market. And the first one, so we were about the same age, right? The first one got me. I was over my skis. I'd gotten too cocky. I got too leveraged. I was playing in non-profitable stocks and I suffered the consequences. Uh, since then, the, the next three that you've talked to, this will be my third one as well. I, you, can see, you can see them coming. Once you lift your head up and you realize that you know the Fed is your friend or the Fed that Fed's your enemy. I, it, it is some there's some pretty clear signals. So uh, it's funny we've been talking about this. We've been telling people to prepare. You can go back and watch your playlist, probably for the last six months. Like it's coming, right? You can't have eight and a half percent CPI and the Fed doesn't tighten, right? It's it's coming. Yeah, and this is a this is a global thing this yes. time. And you know, um, you know. Countries around the world are having problems with inflation. Again, it's mainly an inflationary driven environment right now that's going on and monetary policy is huge, but it's happening all around the world. So for me, you know, I'm looking back at recessionary environments. So the first one that I really experienced, you know, I was in high school in the 80s when that one happened, 80, 82. So 90, 91, I got married in 1990, bought my first house. And it was a very tough time back then yeah. in the real estate market. Interest rates were high you know, builders were having trouble selling houses or, you know, it was a very, very difficult time. And then of course we had the 2001 recession and we have 2008 and nine. So I've been through, you know, four of them in my lifetime, but none of them again, were, were quite like this. And this one, everybody's experiencing the same thing around the world. All of the central banks around the world are hiking rates. They're cutting back on QE. Uh, you know, everybody's having to tighten monetary policy because it's a, it's a global thing and we've got to heat or uh, cool down you know, all of this heated inflation around the world, which is, which is the only way to do that is a recession. Yeah. You've got to have demand destruction. It's just the demand. I think we're on the cusp of demand, real demand destruction. You're, you're seeing it already in housing, right? Real estate. Um, people that qualified at three don't qualify at five and a half it's demand destruction. Uh, but it's also going to have unintended consequences. I think the other things that's going to happen is the fed reduces its balance sheet is we might have a liquidity crisis. The, the problem with liquidity, it's like water, right? You just don't know where it's going to go when it kind of gets on the floor, right? So, uh, this, well, that's the thing. So the Fed's got the Fed has to break something. So yes. markets, um, you know, banks, and you know that's done through liquidity, liquidity, credit markets, you know, and that's when, you know, that's where a seismic crack in the economy that's systemic, like the banking failure two thousand eight nine. Right now, this is a very different environment because the banks are relatively healthy, unless mm -hmm credit markets have a problem. If credit market, and they're already starting to, you know, 
have issues here and there, but yeah. you know, credit tightens and freezes and you know, that starts to crack. That's a systemic thing that will send shockwaves around the world. Then you end up with a 2008-9, you know, event, which was largely, you know, if you take housing out of the equation, was largely a market event. But again, liquidity affects housing. So if there's no money buying those mortgages and being thrown out there at the, you know, lending environment, lending tightens, you know, you start to get credit controls, you know, which are uh, more stringent requirements to get a loan, ex more expensive, more difficult to qualify, bigger down payments, you know, things like that. So uh, those are the types of things you face in an environment where liquidity is tough and the credit markets start to crack. Businesses can't borrow money. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things out there. And, you know, again, we're seeing it. We're seeing, you know, especially in the VC world, you know, oh, yeah. laying off. a lot of startups are laying off because they can't get the money anymore. And they're not, you know, companies that are negative earning, um, <laughs> you know, and have more burn than revenue. They're, they're having to lay off people because they're not able to get the money. So you're already starting to see the cracks show up. Yeah, we, I saw that actually. It's funny. I brought it up on the daily financial news. I think it was last Friday uh, that the Bay, I, from the first time I saw, because I'm in the Valley, right? I have a feed uh, which is very Valley focused. And there was a lot of people saying that tech's already started to lay off. You're absolutely right. It's all about burn rate. You went out and raised at some number. You got a certain amount of money in the bank. You have overhead. You're overhead. You're not making money. You're, you're losing less money, but still losing. So people are going to calculate their burn rate. And it's, it's about extending. Because this could be a two-year recession and you've got to survive, right? So if you come out the other side, you'll be stronger with less competition. But yeah, there's a there are a lot of companies today that get sold on revenue that are just money losing dogs and they'll go. Here's to the thing. So markets are always forward looking and markets are markets are, you know, repricing and readjusting. Why is that? Because the Fed really hasn't done anything other than, you know, 75 basis points now between the last two rate hikes. Mm -hmm. So we're still. I mean, what is the Fed funds rate? Yeah, we're still not even at 1%. No, well, we're not. So we're still yeah. basically, you know, interest-free, zero interest rate environment. We have we're negative rates today. Negative rates, really? Yeah, do they the just stopped buying. They were buying mortgage-backed securities all the way up to the end of, I guess, through Q1, right? So they just stopped that. Mm -hmm. um, so that is a fundamental change. But the reason the markets are doing what they're doing is because of the earnings and the companies coming out saying, exactly. you know, lowering forward guidance, you know, reducing expectations, you know, into 2023. And they're saying, look, we're not going to see revenues and sales and profits in 2020, you know, the latter, latter half of this year going into 2023, like we saw, you know, after opening up from the pandemic. So uh, it's, it's really interesting. That's why the markets are doing what they're doing because companies are coming out saying, look, we're cutting, you know, staff, we're cutting back and they're lowering, you know, their, their revenue expectations and guidance and, you know, markets are reacting to that. So, the next leg down is when the effects of that start to happen. So right now they're saying this is what's coming. So when it comes, that's when the next leg down is in the market. So that's kind of what's going on. It doesn't drop overnight. It can, but, you know, it's going to take some time to work its way down. I think we're going to be at, you know, some pretty low levels here by the end of the year. Yeah. At the end, when kind of wrapping this up, kind of like Grant Cardone did, you, you're more excited. Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'll say mine. I'm more excited to create de deals this year than I was last year or the year before. It was just too hard. Every, it was easy money. The next two years is not easy money, which means the professionals, the people that do the work should be excited. So I'm excited for the next two years. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always opportunities and very different environments. So people that think Great Depression, things like that. I mean, that's just not possible in this you know current global climate that we're in, barring nuclear war or something like that. I mean, then that, that's a possibility if that breaks out that 
that can destroy economies around the world and put you yeah. in a depression. Yeah. But, um, you know, as far as general operating procedures and, you know, relative, you know, security around the world, I don't think you'll see depressionary environment, but you can see deep recessions. And, you know, the deeper it goes, the more opportunities there are. If you preserve capital, which is what we've been talking about since, you know, the end of last year, where a lot of people say, oh, you're just a couple of bears. No, oh. this is preservation of capital. This is managing risk so that you have the capital to take advantage of the upswing when it comes around. That's what I hope people hear from this. Because again, the beauty of all our videos and your playlist specifically, is you can go back and listen to several hours. Now that we have a long history, you can go back and see where we've been. We are not bears. We are both people who bet, who, who say bet on America, right? Bet on capitalism, bet on all these things. We just have the business cycle. We are leaving summer and going to winter. It happens. I'm more excited now that it's going to be winter than in summer because I'm willing to prepare. I'm willing to be early. Uh, so thank you for all you do, Greg. Where can people find you? Yeah, gregdickerson.com. That's where my info is. Go check it out. Thank you, buddy.